0: What is going on Wizards Nation? Welcome to Episode 7 of the Wizards Walkthrough with Chase Carroll. As always, I am that man, previously mentioned Chase Carroll. And guess what? We had Wizards basketball for the first time in about four months. The Wizards played in their first scrimmage of the NBA restart against the Denver Nuggets today. They lost 89 to 82, but as I've stated in previous podcasts, this is not about winning games. This is about seeing development of the young guys. And we got to see that for the most part from a couple of the guys today. We got to see Rui Hachimura and Troy Brown Jr., especially, played very well in the restart in their first action back. Troy Brown Jr. looked much more slim, much quicker. Uh, He looked great with the ball in his hands as well. I'm going to get into all of that, but before I do, I want to discuss the lineups that we saw a little bit, uh, both from the Wizards' perspective and the Nuggets' perspective, because the Nuggets threw out a very interesting lineup. They were kind of forced to, with guys sitting out both to rest or uh, fatigue, whatever uh, you want to call it. Some of the guys sat out this first scrimmage, and that left the Nuggets with only eight guys. They threw out A very interesting starting lineup with five big men, including Nikola Jokic, starting at the point guard position. I know that he slimmed down a bunch, but we have not seen point Jokic in the NBA until we saw it today. And Bol Bol was in the lineup for the first time. His first NBA action, I know a lot of Wizards fans are familiar with him because he was there, sitting there. He was a first-round projected player, a lottery projected player, and he was sitting there in the second round with the Wizards there to pick, and they ended up choosing Admiral Schofield over Bull Bull. Bull Bull got his first revenge of his NBA career. He went out for sixteen points, ten rebounds, and five blocks. Now, this is a seven foot two guy with pull up jumper ability. He can block a shot, dribble it all the way back down the court and pull up in your face, kinda like Kevin Durant. I'm not saying he's Kevin Durant, but he has those kind of characteristics. That's a guy that in the second round looks like he could be a steal for the Denver Nuggets, but I'm not going to look into just one scrimmage too closely because he's got to prove it a lot longer than this. He has to prove he can stay durable because that's the one thing that dropped him into the second round was the injuries that he sustained in college. Very sh- He only played a few games in college at Oregon, so we-, we need to see this a lot from him to really determine whether the Wizards passing on him was a bad mistake or not. And that goes the same for Admiral Schofield. He had a poor day today, and he hasn't done much with his rookie season, but it's still way too early to determine with either of these guys what what you have in them. Uh, Admiral Schofield, while he didn't look great on the court, he did look a lot slimmer, a lot more lean than he had been previously, and that was noticeable on the court. Uh, I'll, I'll get into him shortly as well. But I wanted to discuss the Wizards starting lineup, the lineup Scott Brooks opted to use in his first game back uh, in their first scrimmage. We don't know if this is going to be the lineup that they decide to throw out every time, but uh, for the first lineup they chose, that's exactly the lineup I wanted to see. In the last podcast, episode six, I wanted to see Shabazz Napier at the point guard. I want to see Troy Brown Jr. getting the combo guard looks with Isak Bonga at the three in for defensive purposes. Rui Hachimura at the four, for obvious reasons, this is your guy. This is the guy that's going to be their, your number one option in this restart. And then at the five, you got to have Thomas Bryan in there. He earned his $10 million contract last season for a reason. He was hampered by injuries all year uh, and conditioning issues just because of those injuries. So with him back here in this restart, I want to see what he can do in the starting lineup. And Scott Brooks agreed with me. He put him out there uh, for limited minutes tonight. And he really did play pretty well in his short time. Personally, I liked what we saw from this unit. We saw Shabazz Napier. He was great in catch-and-shoot situations from three. He's going to really need to produce from behind the arc for this team because with Davis Bertans, Bradley Beal out, there's a big need for production from three-point range. And I think he really fits that mold from this current roster. Not many guys are three-point caliber shooters. Uh, on this team and Shabazz Napier is really gonna have to pick that up and he did today he hit I believe three three three-pointers today Uh, and I really liked him next to Troy Brown Jr. who was really facilitating the offense himself Uh, I really like him with the ball in his hands more than with it uh, not in his hands I hate when he's sitting there in the corner spotting up Uh, that's just not what he does well he's much better with the ball in his hands both in transition making plays And in the half-court sets as well, I'd say. He's shown the ability to take defenders off the dribble and make plays happen, get guys open, and he can hit you with that no-look pass. He does not need to see you to know what you're doing. That's how great his basketball IQ is at such a young age. And I'm really impressed with what I saw today from Troy Brown Jr. I'm really impressed with what I saw from him all year. I know a lot of people are not that high on the Troy Brown Jr. bandwagon. I think I'm probably higher on his bandwagon than a lot of people. I really see it in his game. I see the basketball IQ. I see the smarts. You see him thinking on the court. He's just 20 years old. You can't expect a guy to have it all figured out already. When, when I think of a young guy, I think of John Wall when he entered this league. What What was he like when he entered this league? He was all go all the time. He had only one gear, which was fast, go. And I think of Troy Brown Jr. in a similar light. He's kind of like a young John Wall in that aspect. Not as quick, obviously, as John Wall was, but he's in all-go mode from the jump. He wants to to make things happen, and sometimes he makes a mistake because of that. He goes a little too hard. I want him to find a happy medium, and you know I think he's going to find out how to do that here in these last few games with two more scrimmages, eight regular season games, and a possible playoff push. This guy's going to get the opportunity to show what he can do with Bradley Beal out. The ball's going to be in his hands plenty, and I really liked what I saw from Troy Brown Jr. today. But the guy I can't believe I didn't start this podcast with, and I probably should have, is the guy everyone wanted to see today. That's Rui Hachimura, and his first real opportunity to be the number one guy with Bradley Beal, Davis Bertans out. This was going to be the Rui Hachimura show, and it really was uh, from early on, you could tell he hit the first bucket of the game—a uh, nice fake into a pull-up jumper. He's shown that mid-range ability all season, and he showed that again today. Uh, he went for 18 points, nine rebounds, six of 14 shooting, and he was aggressive. Uh, keep in mind these were just 10-minute quarters, so he would have went for probably 24, 25, 26 if you know the minutes added up here, and he played all all the clutch time minutes. So Rui Hachimura was spectacular from the mid-range as always. I think that's the one thing you know Rui Hachimura is going to bring each and every night. He's going to be able to hit that shot from the mid-range. He's always working there in the middle, in the paint. If he's there, he's going to hit that shot if you feed it to him. But the, one, the, the two things you really wanted to see from Rui Hachimura was improvement on the defensive end and improvement from three-point range. I really wanted to see better arc on his three-pointers because while that works from the mid-range, having low arc does not work very well from three-point range. That's the one thing that uh, I know Glenn Consor was really hitting at on the television broadcast today. He said he wanted to see Rui Hachimura's three-point arc uh, be a little bit higher, and I think it, I think we saw that a little bit. He was able to hit 1-3 today, but we want to see that at a cons- consistent rate because if he's able to add that to his game, he's already scoring 18, 19, 20 points easily without that in his game. He's just so strong. He's able to take people off the dribble with his strength, with his size, and if he can just add that three-point game, uh, he's going to be a problem, and to think he'll be a third, fourth option, that kind of problem, Yeah, that's very exciting to think about. I love seeing him as the first option here at the restart. I saw everything I wanted to see from him today, and I'm very excited to see much more from him in these last few games. So while one rookie was great, the other one was not as great. That was Admiral Schofield, the Wizards' second round pick this year. He didn't get much playing time for the Wizards in the regular season before the restart, but He got some scrimmage time today, and he didn't make the most of it, unfortunately. He looked great. He looked slim. He looked lean. He looked much better shape than he had previously been in. Uh, I think he was a little too muscular, honestly, before. I think uh, that kind of limited him to being a power forward, Uh, limited his quickness and who he could really guard. But now that he's slimmed down a little bit, I think you could play him at the three, play him at the four. That's what Scott Brooks did today. I think he got a, a, a little bit of time at both spots. But on the offensive end, he really struggled. He missed every single shot he took tonight. Uh, he was wide open on a couple occasions from three, and that's really something he's going to have to hit if he wants to consistently get playing time for the Wizards in the future. Because you look at this team and what they lack, they lack three-point shooting besides Bradley Beal and Davis bertans and they really lack a defensive presence. And... I think he he needs to be that. That's the kind of role he really needs to anchor into and be the uh, the Wizards' role player. That's what he was drafted to be. If you're drafted in the second round, you kind of have to fit a niche. You have to fit a certain style of what the Wizards want you to play. I think that is 3 and D. He really needs to develop into that role. And I'm not going to overreact to just one game because it's easy enough to do that. It's just one game, and it's just one season. He's still a rookie. There's so much more development, I think, coming from him, and I'm not going to sit here and label him as anything yet. I think that's ridiculous. I think people are doing that with Isak Bonga. I think people are doing that with Troy Brown Jr. before he's started to play really well towards the end of the year. I think people really are being too hard on these young guys. you got to realize it's their first real competition in the NBA this season. You can't expect them to immediately have – all the talent in the world to be able to light everyone up each and every night. They're going to have their moments, and I think each and every one of them has showed uh, that they have that NBA ability in them. It comes with experience that they can just do it on a nightly basis, and I think we will eventually see that from all of these guys. But Admiral Schofield, he struggled uh, a lot today. I'm not going to look too far into that. I think i got to see more from him to determine what he is at this NBA level. I mentioned Isak Banga a little bit there. He was plus 18 on the court in the plus minus, uh, which really doesn't say everything about the game. He did foul out six fouls in 22 minutes. Is not great. But at the same time, at plus 18, it means when he was on the court, the Wizards were better. I don't know if that really has any correlation to how Isak Banga played, because he didn't do anything spectacular. But... It's also just the little things that Isak Banga does. He, he moves the ball around pretty well. He's pretty quick for his size at 6'8", 6'9". Uh, they were saying on the broadcast they think he may even have grown to about 6'9", 6'10". So for him to still be growing at the NBA level at 20 years old, I, I definitely don't think we've seen the best of Isak Banga. I think that he can eventually develop into a role player, and I'll continue to say that. I'll continue to say that about Troy Brown Jr. too. I don't think we can just label them as anything yet at 20 years old. It's way too early to tell on any of these guys. But at the same time, I think they're going to have to show something. They're going to have to show a little bit of growth because, as I've stated before, the Wizards are eventually going to be in win-now mode with John Wall returning. They're going to be giving Davis Bertans a big contract. Bradley Beal, they want to keep him happy if if they want him to stay around. So they want to be in win-now mode. They can't really wait on these young guys anymore. I think Troy Brown Jr. is really showing that he can contribute now. He can be a contributor to this team next season and and really help the team win, in my opinion. Isak Banga, he may be a little bit further away. I don't know if he... uh, will get a starting role like he's had this season. I think they'll eventually try to fill his starting role up, get a veteran guy in there who can really help maybe in the 3 and D role. But I think Isak Bonga can eventually develop into that backup defender role because the Wizards are going to need a lot of defenders that they can throw out there. That's what a lot of these teams do. Think of the Rockets. They have nothing but wings that can defend They've decided to go small ball. I think a lot of teams are, other than the Nuggets today, who threw out their five, seven-footers in their starting lineup, uh, most teams are going smaller, and I think we're going to see Isak Banga. He, he can play a little bit of four, too. I think at six eight, six nine with ball hailing ability, I think you want everyone on the court to be able to take the ball off the rim and, and go in transition. That's something Isak Banga can do. Uh, But obviously he's young, he's not consistent, he makes mistakes both on the defensive end and on the offensive end, and that's what you're going to expect out of a guy like him. He's super raw, but that's what these scrimmages are for, that's what this restart is for. It's not for winning, it's not for making the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, that's great, but if not, that's not what this is about. This is about getting Isak Banga, Rui Hashimura, Troy Brown Jr., those kind of guys, some minutes. Another guy who's expected to carry a lot of the load, uh, a lot of the wing minutes, is Jerome Robinson, and he did not look very good today. He was freshly acquired at the trade deadline. Uh, he, he was really picked up for nothing. Isaiah Thomas was shipped, uh, who the Wizards wanted to get rid of anyway, and they got a guy in Jerome Robinson who the Wizards loved in the pre-draft process last year. They probably would have drafted him ahead of Troy Brown Jr. if he was on the board. So they were able to get him um and and they're going to give him a ton of minutes in this restart he did not look good tonight he was missing a lot of his shots he didn't look great defensively either and like I've I've said with these other young guys I'm not going to look too far into it but at some point these guys are playing for roster spots next year so uh he can't have another bad game like that in a row or if he does he can't let it be a constant theme he has to show something I think uh he showed a little bit before the season ended so I'm not looking too far into this poor performance today. And it's to be expected in your first game back. They haven't played in about four months. They're rusty, um, and they've only been practicing a little bit. So uh, I'm going to give them a little bit more time before I critique too hard. But at the, at the same time, yeah, he has to play a little bit better than he did today. He, he also fouled out in 10-minute quarters. So there's something going on with Isak Bonga with, with Jerome Robinson. They're, they've been foul-prone guys their entire career, so one of them's really going to have to emerge because when you think about it, yeah, they're going to bring in some vets next year probably to take some minutes. They can't have young guys at the wings taking up each and every minute like they did this year. This year was about development. Next year is not about development as much. I mean, maybe a little bit. Yeah, you want your wings still developing. You still want guys in there that are constantly developing. But next year's not so much about developing, it's more so about winning. So which are either of these guys going to separate themselves defensively, show that they can be a guy that you put on an opposing team's best player and can get you some stops? Neither one of them really has showed that they have the ability to consistently do it. They've showed that they have the ability at some time to get some stops, but not consistently. Which one of them is going to come out and emerge as the defender that's going to take up some minutes, uh, for this team in the future. Before I close off this episode of Wizards Walkthrough, I'm just going to give my final thoughts on this past scrimmage. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. looked incredible, in my opinion. I love seeing the ball in his hands, and he may actually be a point guard in this league. He he gives me Thomas Saturanski vibes. Uh, Scott Brooks loves playing him at the three, even though he was really a point guard. I don't know if Troy Brown Jr. is exactly like Saturanski in that way, where He's strictly a point guard. I think he could play off ball, too, but um, I love seeing the ball in his hands. Good things happen when he has the ball in his hands. Sometimes he is a little out of control, but I think he's going to learn to correct that just as John Wall did early in his career when he was going a little too quickly. So I'm excited to see his growth the most, probably, next to Rui Hachimura. He's the obvious guy you want to see growth from. I think he can really develop into a star in this league. He's definitely a star... Uh, when it comes to media, when it comes to how he dresses. He's a cool guy, and he has a following, an entire country following him around, both media, fans. He's loved by all in Japan, and he's loved by all in D.C., it seems so far. If he continues to play the way he has, he's going to be something special in this league. So his development, Troy Brown Jr.'s development, and Isak Banga's development, those three, I think, are really the most important Uh, when it comes to the future of this team's success, because I I don't know what we're going to see from the center position. I'd prefer the Wizards bring in a rim protector, so that's why I don't include Thomas Bryant or Mo Wagner in those talks. I think eventually Thomas Bryant and Mo Wagner could actually be playing for one roster spot in the future, because when you think about it, yeah, the Wizards, one of their biggest needs is a rim protector. If you bring one of those in, That leaves, what, a log jam at center. You're not going to have all three of those guys in there. You'd have to think probably one of them would be shipped off in order to bring one in, like a Miles Turner. That's the guy I want to see the Wizards bring in. Who knows what's going on with Rudy Gobert. Uh, I don't think the Wizards would really be able to afford him, but maybe he's in the talks for the future for the Wizards. Um, They need a rim protector, so that's something that's very clear. Mo Wagner and Thomas Bryant are not that, so... I think whichever one of these guys plays the best will either be giving themselves better trade value or they're going to be sticking around and someone else is going to be coming in to fill the other guy's spot. So uh, that's just my opinion, just pure speculation. They could just be running these guys both back next year, and I'd be perfectly okay with that, I think, if one of them can develop into being that rim protector. I still don't think either one of them is that guy, at least yet, but... That's the one thing I'm going to be looking at closely from the center position in this restart. Can one of them differentiate themselves on the defensive end and really look to be that future contributor at the position? As always, I thank you for listening to the Wizards Walkthrough with Chase Carroll. I will be back on Saturday with a recap of the LA Clippers scrimmage that starts at 8 p.m. That'll be televised again on NBC Sports Washington. I'm super excited to just be able to get into a constant podcasting rhythm uh, for you guys and for me, really. I love to do it. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll catch you then. See you, whiz kids.